paying too much for health insurance? Frustrated by high deductibles, network restrictions, and increasing premiums? There's a better way. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM is a Christian community delivering a robust, faith based solution to the high cost of healthcare. If your current health insurance has become more of a racket than a remedy, take back control of your healthcare at around half the price. Learn more and enroll today at chministries.org. That's chministries.org. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, we get political, which makes sense since this is an election year. Republicans are confident they can win back control of the House with so many Democrats retiring, and they just need to gain one seat to have the majority in the now 50-50 Senate. Fox News power rankings have four seats held by Democrats that are toss-up races at this point. Just one is Republican. And since Senator Pat Toomey's not running again, both parties in Pennsylvania have contested primaries. The GOP race got even more wide open when Sean Parnell, backed by former President Trump, dropped out. Famous TV doctor Mehmet Oz is one of the candidates. He's in second place in a new Fox poll. Dave McCormick is in the lead by nine points. A former Commerce and Treasury Department undersecretary, he used to be CEO of an investment firm, Bridgewater. We talked to McCormick the other day, but the conversation was too long to include everything. So today, we'll let you hear it all. Thanks for listening, as always. And now, Republican Pennsylvania Senate candidate Dave McCormick on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us on the Fox News Rundown is Dave McCormick. He's a Republican running for the Senate in the state of Pennsylvania. He's also a former Undersecretary of Commerce and Treasury in the George W. Bush administration, also in that administration, former Deputy National Security Advisor. Dave, thank you very much for being with us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dave. You know, you're running for a seat in a state, yet right now the larger picture is all focused on Russia, Ukraine, and the ripple effects to the economy. It's a, it's, it's a really wild time at the moment. Well, it really is. Um, I think it it reinforces the need to have people elected to the Senate that uh, don't need any on-the-job training. And so uh, I'm someone who uh, grew up in Pennsylvania, um, was a, a combat veteran. I went to West Point and then served in the 82nd Airborne Division, which, which by the way, has just been deployed to Poland. And, uh, and then I'm someone that served in the Army for five years and uh, a combat vet in Iraq. And then came back to Pennsylvania and ran a big company and created 600 jobs. And uh, and so this is a time where we need people who understand the military, understand national security, and who understand the economy. And, and nowhere is that more clear than Ukraine. And um, uh, if I could take a minute on that, I think yeah. our situation in Ukraine is a, ba- as a, as a, as a byproduct of the terrible positions, terrible decisions of Joe Biden. The first being this uh, this absolute debacle in Afghanistan, which is a combat veteran, just left me sick to my stomach, the lack of accountability, the incompetence, and really the weakness that it showed to the world. And I remember saying at the time, I'm fearful that that's going to invite other bullies in China and North Korea and Russia to take action. And, and sadly, it has. But the second was that the, the war on energy, the war on energy in Pennsylvania, which has killed our energy workers, but also our country, 
And it's made us energy dependent when we were on our way to energy dominance under President uh, Trump. And it's also uh, empowered Putin because uh, he got the signal that Europe was going to be highly dependent on him, which was going to make them less likely to move. So we're in a in a situation now where the the moves that Putin have made um, are um, are the direct result of bad decisions. And now we have to, to we have to show strength. We have to make this very painful for for uh, Putin and have him pull back. At the same time, we have to do that in a way that doesn't get our U.S. Uh, sons and daughters, our soldiers engaged in a land war in Europe. And uh, the one thing Pennsylvanians that I uh, speak with agree on is that they don't want to go back to war. They've had 20 years of war. Pennsylvania's given more than others, frankly. Um, it's, uh, it's a state which gives per capita more veterans, uh, more wounded warriors, more KIAs. And, um, and so we need to show, show Putin that this is a costly mistake he needs to pull back from, but not in a way that, uh, that gets our troops engaged. And we've, uh, we've obviously had a lot of economic sanctions imposed on Russia from the U.S. and our allies. Russian oil, there's a big debate about whether the U.S. should just turn off the spigot, ban Russian imports, although there are a lot of buyers in the oil market that have already stopped purchasing Russian oil. Tough to do yeah. business with the Russians. So I'm not that that conversation may not be as necessary. But what do we do with the surge of gas prices as a result? How can we stop that? Well, I think uh, I, I do think we should um, first and foremost reverse the terrible energy policies of, of Biden. So you had a combination of killing the Keystone Pipeline. You had a regulatory blanket that went on top of our energy industry. It uh, created uncertainty. It killed capital investment. Um, there was all sorts of regulations that were put in place. So we need to pull back on that. And we need to pursue energy dominance. We're uniquely blessed in our country with incredible energy resources. And by the way, on the natural gas front, which is Pennsylvania is one of the greatest natural gas reserves in the world, it's far cleaner than most forms of energy. So the great irony of Biden is that in his pursuit of the environment above all other things, he's hurt our economy, he's hurt our security, and he's made the environment worse, which is, which is, which is really terrible. So first and foremost, we need to reverse those policies. Second, I do think we need to uh, tighten the sanctions on Putin, make this costly for him, make it costly for the oligarchs. We need to continue to have lethal aid provided to the Ukrainians, and we need to look over our shoulder to make sure that China does not move during this time of, uh, of uncertainty and risk. And um, on the energy front, listen, we, uh, we now see the experiment and playing out right in front of us. If it was a split screen, we see gas prices under, uh, under President Trump and a policy of unleashing our energy industry. And we see gas prices under President Biden, a direct consequence on the rise. It used to cost me about 80 bucks to fill my pickup truck that's from my family farm in Pennsylvania that I'm driving across the state. It's now costing me about $125 and it's on its way up. Yeah. And uh, it's all because of self-induced pain and policies from uh, President Biden. Well, we do have the giant increase in the price of gas as a result of the invasion of Ukraine, that certainly came after the Russian invasion and the price of oil on the global market spiked up. The question yeah. is, even if we were to try to reduce energy policy and we made it easier for permitting, permits take time. None of this is fast. What can be done short term, if anything? Well, I think um, 
I think, first of all, I think we should wean ourselves of any dependence on Russia. I think that's both the appropriate standard um, to is acknowledge uh, the aggression of Putin, but I also think it's a way to apply pressure on him. I'm not saying we should do that in one fell swoop overnight, but we should pursue a policy of, of dramatically reducing our dependence on Russia over time. Part of that will be offset by uh, production at home, and, um, and the markets will move in part on the signal that uh, more capacity is coming online. But we also ought to uh, encourage uh, our, our, our allies around the world, energy producers in the, in the Middle East, particularly in the Gulf, uh, to increase uh, their uh, production. And uh, we have great relationships there. President Trump forged you know, unprecedented relationships with Saudi Arabia, the, the Emirates and others. And they need, they need to pump more at the same time we're pumping more. And that'll put pressure on Putin and it'll reduce prices at the pump. And we can also do it in a way that, uh, uh, that keeps pressure on uh, Putin to sort of turn back on this aggressive stance he's taken, which is really indefensible. You, you mentioned China. Let's get into China. Uh, on this um, rundown podcast not long ago, one of your opponents in Pennsylvania Senate race, Dr. Oz, he said that you, when you had been with Bridgewater Associates, a hedge fund, had built, as he said, the largest foreign hedge fund in China, literally building the financial infrastructure of China, which was used to fund all the things China is doing. So he's essentially saying you were helping China build it and become what China is. What do you respond with that? Well, I, th I think first, this coming from Mehmet Oz is, um, is something. First, it's an attack on my patriotism from a guy who served in the Turkish military and is a dual citizen of Turkey, which is an adversary of ours in bed with Iran, and, uh, and someone who um, is also a hypocrite, who has made enormous amount of money, a $50 million deal with Asana, has been a spokesperson, which is one of the Chinese Communist Party um, government-owned companies. He's um, made a career of, um, of having his words on Chinese television approved by the Chinese propaganda machine. So there's both hypocrisy there and, um, and a lack of integrity. Um, in terms of my China record, uh, I am, um, I'm exactly what we need in the U.S. Senate um, on this sort of epic challenge from China. I'm someone who served in the military, spent nine years thinking about how to fight the communists uh, during the Cold War. It was the communists of the USSR. I've negotiated at the highest levels of government against China. I was someone who spoke out regularly, quoted speeches, TV appearances in the, in the mid-2000s on China as a risk, this, the risk of technology theft, the risk of the Chinese military. And then I'm someone who's done business around the world over the last six years as CEO, um, where we invested in 20 countries around the world, including China. And I think we had something like 2% of our business coming from China. And so the way I answer that question is that set of experiences is what puts me in a unique position to know what we're dealing with, start on job on, on day one, knowing how to take the fight to China. And it's a little bit like President Trump. Here's a guy who had business around the world with uh, Russia, China, elsewhere. And he said, that's going to make me a better negotiator. It's going to make me a better president. And I make the same argument to the people of Pennsylvania. That's going to make me a great, strong senator. Now, in terms of what we should do, we need all, and, and, and uh, Mehmet Oz has no plan for what we should do. His plan is to criticize. And um, what we should do is we should take a whole of nation strategy against China. 
We should decouple in key industries where we're highly dependent on China, most, most notably pharmaceuticals and semiconductors. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that we're as dependent as we are. 90% of the world's semiconductors are manufactured 90 miles from uh, mainland China. We need to hold China accountable for COVID. Um, we still don't know, haven't gotten to the bottom of that. That's uh, something that killed a million Americans. That's something that was trillions of dollars of value. We, we got to have reparations or the opportunity for families that had losses to sue China. We ought to also hold China accountable for fentanyl, which is manufactured coming across our southern border and killing Pennsylvanians. We ought to continue President Trump's great steps on fair trade, the tariffs, making sure that whatever trade and investment we have with China is fair and on, on fair standing from a subsidies perspective in terms of open markets. And then finally, we need to have a review process that makes sure whatever investment is happening from companies or investors in China is going through a review process to make sure it's not helping the Chinese military. You know, we have Silicon Valley companies, for example, that are investing in artificial intelligence that's helping the Chinese military. We can't have that. And so as, as U.S. Senator, I would come into this as someone who understands the military, understands the economy, and understands how to really win this decade-long award that lies in front of us in terms of global primacy and, and our uh, adversary, China. You have a lot of your time in the past. When you were in the Bush administration, you were in the Commerce Department. You dealt with G8 nations when Russia was part of the, the, the club. Now that's the G7. You were there as Undersecretary of the Treasury when things went bad and we had a big economic downturn in 2008. Do you see with inflation as it is and with the price of gas and, and wheat and all these things surging with this Russian invasion, do you think we're headed into an economic downturn again, maybe a recession? Well, I think this... Uh... Uh, this inflation challenge is a byproduct of bad policies, and I think it does really pose a risk to us. And as you know, inflation, where prices rise faster than wages, is a burden on the entire economy. It's a burden on all of us, but it's really a burden on working families. And there's three things that are at the core of this problem. The first we just talked about, which is energy policy, which has uh, pushed up the price of fuel and fuel finds its way into the prices, most things. So we got to fix our energy policy, and that would be what I'd be fighting for as a U.S. Senator. Second, um, the spending, the surge in fiscal spending that came under the Biden administration as being proposed going forward is a direct driver of our, uh, of our inflation challenge. And, um, and the Biden administration is making the argument, this is going to help. This isn't going to help. This is the cause of, of the inflation problem we have. And so we have to be more fiscally responsible. And the Biden administration, in a long line of fiscal irresponsibility from our Congress, the Biden administration um, has, has taken the, the lead in terms of fiscal irresponsibility. And the third thing we need to do is have smarter uh, monetary policy. And uh, you know, Jay Powell, I think, has been the reason that we've had easy policy for too long. Uh, there was a time 18 months ago where he could have slowly tightened, given that the economy was bouncing back, and he didn't. And that's making it much harder now for us to have the kind of monetary policy we need. So we can fix these things. We just need smart, thoughtful, courageous economic policy to do it. You have mentioned former President Trump a few times. The candidate who was in the race that he had endorsed earlier is no longer in the race. You were a Jeb Bush supporter initially in 2016. The former president, where is he in this race, and do you have his support? Do you seek his support? Well, I certainly would uh, be delighted to have his support. I know the I know the president, uh, President Trump, quite well. Um, I uh, served on a defense advisory board 
uh, for him that he asked me to serve on during his administration. And my wife worked for him for two years as the deputy national security advisor. I think uh, President Trump uh, did a great job of tapping into uh, this sense of frustration and uh, despair among a hugely forgotten part of our country. He certainly did that in Pennsylvania, where he remains extremely popular. And he did the unthinkable. He tapped into that problem amazingly well. He proposed solutions to deal with it. And then he actually did what he said he was going to do when he got into office. And so um, I think he set us from a policy perspective on the right direction as a country. I think we're seeing the consequences of going the opposite direction. And so I'm very proud to run on America First agenda. And I'd be delighted to have President Trump support if he offered it. I'm not sure what he'll do, but uh, but certainly this is a big race. and I know he's watching it carefully and uh, I know he thinks highly of me. So I would I would be welcome his support if it if it came. He's taken a lot of criticism for calling Vladimir Putin smart and a genius. Does that concern you and bother you? Well, I, I've certainly I've been in the room a couple of times with uh, President Putin. And uh, what I can say about him, I, he, he really is a thug. Uh, and uh, he's someone who uh, is a bully and he fills the vacuum uh, if there's weakness. And so it's the, it's the lesson we all learn, Dave, on the playground, where if you show weakness, the bully is going to pick on you. And that's what happened in this case. Uh, and, uh, and that's why we need strength. We need strength in the Senate. We need strength in the White House. And, uh, and uh, we need to project strength around the world. Dave McCormick is a Republican candidate for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, good to be with you. Have a good day, Dave. Thanks. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.